So I had to fly out of town for work. And that was a colossal shit show as it was. And we'll, we'll, we'll go into that at a later date because that was an absolute nightmare. But as I am sitting on the plane, right, as you are in your little, in your little plane seat that out, like doesn't fit your hips at all because like we're grown now. We're adults. Like make bigger plane seats. Thank you. So in the front of your seat, there's always that little pocket where you could put all your stuff in. And in, in my pocket, I had put a very obvious Starbucks drink, like one of those like Starbucks mocha ones with like the metal cap. And it has the Starbucks um, little weird uh, – mermaid on the top of it right and then yeah. i had then i had my um water bottle next to it so i'm sitting there and this guy next to me he's an um, extrovert and i'm like god please save me and he he <sighs> stop talking at- <laughs> please stop just talking. shut up just let me sit here <laughs> he, he looks at me and he goes is that coffee and i'm i, I just i i didn't know what to say because i'm like obviously this is starbucks like how the how do you not know it's 2022 how do you not know and it was six o'clock in the morning so i didn't have the bandwidth for anything so i point at the coffee and i go that's my coffee and then i point at my water and i go and that's vodka <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's just like this moonshine t- it's just just why you can't d- smell it diet giant water bottle full and i god i wished it was vodka but um i should have honestly said vinegar and then he really would have fucking left me alone because that's weird. <laughs> Who drinks vinegar at six in the morning? <laughs> me, pussy. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. Anyways, um, that's just a little insight into the hell that I went through. Um, but anyways, we have a guest here today. Hello, guest. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Doing. Doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zoe and I are like, we're fucking here. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought y'all had ghosted me there for a second. I was like, that's awfully quiet. Ha-ha, <laughs> 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 ghost puns. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I see it. So today we have on our show Becca, and she is from her own little podcast. So if you would, if you would like – I shouldn't say little. It's probably a big podcast. I don't know your life. If you want to plug in, you know, what you, what you do, drop the name, you know, drop your uh, drop your uh, social medias as, as one does. You're more than welcome. Cool. So my name's Becca, and I'm the creator and host of the West London Witch Podcast, which you can find for free wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now. And if you'd like to engage with us further, you can always find us on Facebook or Instagram at the West London Witch. Oh, oh, music to my ears. I love it. Every time you do your little... It sounds so good every time I listen to your podcast. I'm like, ah, so dreamy. I love the voice. It just it does it for me. Okay. So Becca is with here with us today because she has some stories. And I always I always love it when we, you know, actually get it from the horse's mouth. Um and she and you know, get the get the get the feeling, get the get the intent with the stories. So she's got some stories with us uh, for us today. And we are all ears. I wanna I wanna hear it all. I wanna start from the beginning. What was your you know, your first experience that, you know, you've experienced in life. And let's just let's just go through it. Let's just go through the whole timeline of ghosts. Right. So it all begins with when my parents moved from England to California. So I'm originally from England. I now live in England, but I grew up in California. And when my parents moved to England, they were living in Orange County and Work took them up to the Central Valley. So when I was about four years old, we moved into this beautiful craftsman's um, cottage, craftsman house um, in downtown Bakersfield. Now, 
my parents love historic buildings. They love buildings that have character and history. And this was really the perfect house for them. It was uh, probably about 1,800 square feet. It had a big porch on the front, beautiful front yard with these massive palm trees. And it was just so idyllic, so very American, which I think really spoke to them. However, when he walked into the house, it was very cool and dark. Now, for anyone who's ever been to Bakersfield, it is very, very, very hot and sunny and bright. So there was this stark juxtaposition between the outside environment and inside. And although you might think it's nice to have a nice cool home when it's 115 degrees outside, it came at a price and that was it also felt very dark and cold. When we moved into the house, it was apparent that something was just not right with this home. It started with our dog. We had a little toy poodle named Busta, who we brought out from the UK with us, and him and I were inseparable. But when we moved into that house, he refused to go into my bedroom. And that was very unsettling for my parents because from the day I was born, my dog slept in my room with me. And he refused to go down the hallway to get to my room, refused to go into the room. My parents would put him in there and he would cry and he'd run out. Um, And that was very alarming behavior. The very first night we were there, they woke up to a massive thud and crying. And they came into my bedroom and they found me sitting on the floor of the bedroom crying. And I had told them that a witch had pushed me out of my bed. No. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So there I was, this white blonde child looking probably like a little Victorian ghost themselves sitting on the floor talking about this witch as the dog is, you know, down the hallway cowering and crying. And they put me back into bed and they just, you know, thought it's the first night in a new house. There's a lot of change. Nothing looks the same. You know, it's just one of those things that happens when you move. But it persisted. Every night I would complain about evil people in the room. And every night I would say that there was a witch in the closet and that there was evil people who walked by my bed at night. And this became very upsetting for my parents because there was nothing wrong with the room. It was a very, very nice, very pretty little room. But as time went on, they started to realize that actually I didn't feel very good in there to them either. And then our dog started having more unexplained issues. So he was starting to have these really awful seizures. Now, toy poodles do sometimes have seizures, but Busta was having them all the time. And he had this one really dramatic one in the dining room that lasted 13 minutes long. And my mom went to the vet. She was very upset. And the vet just said, you know, I I don't know what to tell you. Um, And From that point on, everything seemed to just get darker and scarier. My parents' marriage was being affected by being in this house. They were very upset. They were arguing, Um, you know, and that could be attributed to the fact that we had done this massive move, not only from the UK to the US, but also to a new town. Money was very, very tight. They weren't sleeping because I was up all night long complaining about, you know, evil people in the room. And things were seeming to spiral downwards very quickly. As much as they were upset with one another, they didn't want to be alone in the house. (laughs) So there was this kind of strange situation where no one really wanted to be there, but no one wanted to be there alone, but no one really wanted to be together. It was all very, very confusing. Now, the kitchen of this house looked out to the backyard, and 
everyone would say that it felt like there was someone watching them and you know, in the kitchen, they kept turning around and, you know, if they were washing dishes or cooking dinner, expecting to see someone standing behind them and there would be no one there. And it was perpetual. They were always doing it, always looking over the shoulder, but there was no one there. Well, as it got worse with me and the evil people in the bedroom and not being able to sleep, I remember my mom taking me to the doctor. And my mom doesn't remember this, but I remember going to the doctor and my mom telling the doctor, you know, every night she's complaining about evil people. She's having these night terrors. She's falling out of the bed, complaining that a a witch is pushing her. You know, what do you think is going on? And the doctor said, oh, it's probably just a phase. And my mom said, well, I don't really feel like it's a phase. And the doctor said to her, Well, do you feel like there's something in that room? Do you feel like there's something in the house? And my mom just said, I'll report back to you if anything changes with this phase that she's in. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I don't don't think my mom could vocalize to a doctor that, yeah, maybe there is something weird going on here. So after four months of being in this house and watching everything kind of spiral, my parents said, enough is enough. We are done. And we moved. So Christmas Eve, we were moving into the new house. And my dad had gone back to do like a final sweep through and tidy up and, you know, sweep out the backyard and whatever. And he's in the kitchen And he had this horrible feeling like someone was watching him. And this was a very familiar sensation, but this time it felt a lot more serious and a lot more sinister. And he turned around and in the kitchen door was a woman staring at him. And he said he left the keys on the kitchen table. He ran out the back door and jumped over the back fence and drove home to the new house. And my mom said when he arrived, he was sheet white. He was shaking. And he said, I I saw, you know, a woman, a full-bodied apparition standing in our kitchen, staring at me. And she was horrified, predominantly that he drove in such a state, but also that he had seen, you know, know, everything we'd been feeling was then validated. Well, my uncle had sent the Christmas presents to the wrong house. He had sent it to that house. So my mom goes over there, knocks on the door, and this woman opens the door. My mom says, hey, my brother sent the Christmas presents here. And she said, yeah, I sent them back. I didn't know where they went. And my mom could kind of see through the door that they were doing a massive remodel. And the woman said to her, do you want to come in and see the work we're doing on the house? And my mom said, yeah, of course, absolutely. I'd love to see what you guys are doing. And so the woman shows her around and they're doing a gorgeous remodel. And she sits my mom down on the sofa and they're having a cup of coffee. And the woman looked my mom in the eyes and said, you know, this house is haunted, right? And my mom, yeah. Crazy. I never noticed. Huh. And what do you say? This woman's just bought this home. She's doing a remodel. You know, my mom wanted to be very delicate. And so she said, well, you know, it wasn't a very happy house for us. And um, yeah, it did have uncomfortable feelings. And the woman goes, oh, no, 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 no. This house is haunted. But the ghosts, they, they like us. And my mom was thinking, well, they didn't like us very much. Me, we only lasted four months here. But the woman went on to explain, and this is really weird, that her son, who was just a little bit older than me, was sleeping in the back bedroom, my bedroom. And he had never had night terrors or nightmares before, but he was going into his parents' room every single night and telling them that there were evil people in his closet. Bro. Nope. And for me, it's the terminology, evil people. That's not 
something that children usually come up with. Um, and I find that really bizarre that both that little boy and myself used the term evil people. Oh, so you, so both of you had said the same exact phrase, evil people. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so is that the end of your story? No, it gets even weirder. Okay. Give it. So that was the end of the story for many, many years. And then I, you know, Bakersfield, California, it's a small town and I was doing a play at the local theater and we were all in the basement telling ghost stories. Now I was a teenager at this point. And someone in the room said, oh, Becca, didn't you guys live in that haunted house? And I said, oh, yeah. And I told this story that I just told you. And all of a sudden, this kid in the group, he's sitting there shaking, sheet white. And he says to me, I'm the little boy that slept in the back bedroom after you. Stop. Stop. And he was. Oh, my God. (laughs) His mom and my mom ran into each other at the play. And they were like, oh, my God, it's you. Oh, my God, it's you. And... We had to know what what's the next phase of the story. And she said that they did live in it for a long time and the ghost did like her, but her son said they didn't necessarily like the family as a whole. He had a horrible time in that house. Um, they experienced severe poltergeist activity. Things would go missing. Uh, you know, they'd open up a closet. Everything would be on the floor. Pictures would be upside down. And finally, they said, you know, enough is enough. And so they moved out. And the mom turned it into her office. And she worked very happily there for a long time. But her staff were very unhappy there and complained of the same sort of activity. And so she ended up moving to a beautiful office downtown and keeping hold of the house but renting it out to people. And her, her her own son now lives in it, not the son that li- slept in the back bedroom, but a different one. And they're very, very happy there. I reached out to her when I, when I started The West London Witch. This is our very first episode, and my parents tell the story. And I reached out to this woman. I found her on Facebook after doing some pretty severe stalking. And she was very kind and very generous, exactly how my mom had remembered her. Um, and they had actually reached out to a historian to do some digging on the house itself. And there are no recorded deaths in the house, but it took 12 years, if I remember correctly, for it to be built. They started construction in 1900, and I think it was finished in 1912. And that is odd because this is not a very big house. It's not a very elaborate house. So why did it take 12 years? It could have been that maybe something terrible happened. Maybe money ran out. I don't know. But that is bizarre to me. And also you have to remember that even if it's not anything to do with the house itself, Bakersfield was home to many different Native American tribes. So maybe it's something that's connected to the land or a building that stood there before that house was ever even conceived. Who knows? But I just think it's so fascinating that two separate families who never spoke about this had the same experiences in that home. And that is basically the bedrock of my experience with the paranormal because it was always known in our house that the paranormal was real. We had lived through it. And so my parents were always very vocal and open about ghosts and spirits and the idea that there is life beyond this one we're currently in. And that's kind of the basis of what began this journey with the paranormal. So so that whole experience in that house with you is what kind of started your I always say that's my foray into the into the spooky. Yeah. My mom, when I started the podcast, my mom was like, you have such a spooky little soul. And I was like, well, that might be because you let me sleep in a room with the evil people. <laughs> it might be because of you. 
<laughs> so okay, so I my question about the evil people and the witch and da 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 and that you 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 experience that you remember those feelings, but do you remember visually like anything about the evil people or like what the witch looked like or anything visual other than the feelings? I rack my own brain over this all the time. I know this story so very well because my parents have told it to me so many times. So I don't know if, you know, I was really little. I was three. I don't know if I remember this or if I just remember being told the story so many times. Um, I do remember my mom always saying that because this became such an issue, uh, she would go into the room every night and she had this ritual of opening up the closet door and looking under the bed and she made a joke out of it. She was like, Captain Hook is gone. The pirates are gone. Maleficent is out of here. It's all good. You can go to bed now. And I do remember as I got older, if I ever had like a scary night or I told my mom, you know, in a different house, like, oh, I don't feel so good or whatever. My mom would do the same thing. Um, but do I remember seeing them? <sighs> I think in my mind's eye, I'm a very imaginative and creative person. Do I see them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But is that because I created it? Probably. I was so very little, um, which is what makes that stuff even stranger. Where did, you know, a three-year-old come up with these things? I wasn't exposed to it, you know, through any media or anything like that. My parents were very conscientious of the things they exposed their three-year-old to. So it must have happened, I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess my my second question would be if then if you don't visually remember what any of that looked like, did your your dad saw the apparition? Did he ever give details of what the woman looked like? He just said it was a, a full bodied apparition, white, gauzy, kind of see through, but it was definitely a woman and it was very sinister feeling. I mean I, I, I don't, you know, he couldn't say details. He wouldn't be able to pick her up out of a police lineup, but because he, he was out of there pretty damn fast. Um, but he was, you know, totally convinced in what he saw. He knew what he saw. He saw a woman standing in the kitchen door staring at him. And she probably had been staring at them from the day they moved in. But that was the day that she decided to present herself physically. And she did. Wild. Wild. Uh, um. Ugh. It's, yeah, I'm like gross. I'm like, Ugh, that's so gross. So do you have any speculation as to why the quote evil people in so like that's two separate entities like evil people and there was a witch in the house, right? Like, were those two separate or would you classify them as one or you don't know? I think there was probably a lot of spirits in that house. I think witch was probably the only kind of vernacular I had for spirits that was obviously seeing and maybe that, you know, we often associate witches with women. Um, obviously, that's not in our modern sensibilities. That's not always true and whatnot. But perhaps that was the only word I really had. If I actually saw a scary woman push me out of the bed, I probably thought it was a witch, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that the evil people and the witch were separate. I think there's probably an awful lot of spirits in the closet, or maybe they were coming out of the closet, or they were walking through the room. And I just think that that was my way of expressing what I was seeing, which was obviously ghosts that were very scary in nature. Yeah. But why I called them evil people and why the boy called them evil people, I don't know. I don't know that. Gotcha. Well, I guess my question, my curiosity w with that is why did the spirits not like anybody else but that one woman? That's such a mystery. 
I don't know. And she was very pleasant. She was very, she's a very nice woman. I, I don't know. I don't know. Wild. I think ghosts are an awful lot like people. Sometimes they don't make an awful lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Maybe, maybe your mom actually was like low key, like not dating. I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe it's just like you're, nobody was digging it other than that woman. And then maybe they just knew they couldn't affect her. I don't know. It's interesting. Okay. I don't know. Some things just affect people differently, I guess. Okay, fair I enough. What, Zoe? You got to look on yeah. your face. Was the the boy's mother, was she married? Yes, they were married. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I was just wondering um, and, if they had the same. And the dad wasn't comfortable there. That's He was one of the, the great impotences for them leaving was he was not comfortable. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Ugh, creepy. Cre- I mean, I it's thought- It's a creepy house. I, I thought my, my one little spectral- f- person in my home was gross but when you got like a whole horde of people coming out of your closet that's that's the next level nightmare shit <laughs> oh and coming back to our dog real quick yes um yes. when we left that house his seizures got so much better so he would have a seizure every now and then but i mean we're talking like years apart they were very 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 infrequent but when we lived in that house for four months they were out of control all the time um and I just think that's incredibly powerful. I'm a I'm a big animal lover, but I'm also a big believer that animals sense things that we don't necessarily sense. Yeah, that that house was definitely stressing that dog out. Poor poor dog. Oh yeah. Ah yeah. Ain't about uh, it. Uh, so yeah, that was our my my first kind of story. But it, what it did was it laid that groundwork for forever believing that there is something else out there. And I think that my family is particularly sensitive to spirits and energies. And I've definitely inherited that. And I think that when you're open to these things, you've experienced more of these things. Um, And that's definitely been the case um, in my life for sure. Oh, oh, so so you're telling me you got more? I've got more. Give me. I do. Give me. Okay. (laughs) Oh, goodness. There's so many. But I think the next one I'll tell you um, actually happened to my now husband tonight. So... When we first started dating, obviously, we live in the UK. My parents still live in California. And so we'd been together maybe seven months or something like that. And we decided we were going to go to California so they could all meet. And we were going for like two and a bit weeks or something like that. And we wanted to do a bunch of touristy things. I wanted to show him how great the state of California is. And we... We're going to be doing all sorts of fun things, but the biggest thing we wanted to do was go to Yosemite and go hiking. And Kyle did not have great eyes on the budget, and the budget was wildly spiraling out of control. (laughs) Oh, my God. One of the things – my husband's a massive, massive car petrol head. He loves cars. And we had to have, we had to, we had to have a convertible Mustang to drive around California in, which yes, of course you do, but it's so expensive. Um, But we had it. And I asked him, have we booked our hotel for Yosemite? And of course we had not. This is like two weeks before we're going. And anyone who knows anything about visiting national parks It's so expensive, particularly when you're going somewhere where there's not a whole lot of accommodation. So Kyle then went and sent to work. I told him, you need to figure out this hotel situation. 
And he came back to me. He's like, Becca, I got a great deal, this fabulous deal on this hotel in Yosemite. It's it's just so cheap. It's haunted. And oh, yeah, no. well, yeah. I was like, why is it so cheap? Nothing in California is cheap. Nothing in Yosemite is cheap. What's going on? I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it was definitely cheaper. Anyways, so I was fully expecting to, you know, rock up to a no-tell motel, you know. And... We get, <laughs> I get you, Katie. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> so we get there in our convertible Mustang, and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous ranch style, um, like ranch house. It's beautiful. It's historic. It's called Sierra Sky Ranch in Oakhurst. And we're, I'm kind of befuddled as to why it was so affordable. And we get in there, and there's this really lovely um, concierge guy checking us in. He's very thorough. He takes us on a tour of the place. And as he, like, shows us to our room, he goes, "Um, I don't usually tell people this, but you guys seem cool. And I just want you to know that this place is haunted. And if you look on YouTube, you will find so many videos of the hauntings here. Awesome. Cool, man. Thanks for the heads up, bud. Oh, my. Oh, my God. (laughs) What do you do? What do you do at that point? You're just like, because you're there. You paid. And now you're there. Well, I know it was cheap for a reason. And there's nowhere else to go in Oakhurst. I think that's that's something that's very important to this story is that there is literally nowhere else. Like, there is nothing there. Um, So we were like, okay, that's cool. And that night we were like, you know, on YouTube and... Uh, this is years ago, so if you have done an investigation at Sierra Sky Ranch, please send it my way because the ones that we saw were not terribly convincing. You know, it was, it was, it, we weren't convinced. You know, it was, it was a nice kind of story, but we weren't convinced. But the room itself did have a weird vibe, and Kyle and I had only been together like seven months at the time, so neither of us wanted to kind of say to the other. But it was one of those things that like one person would be in the bathroom and the other person would then like be out on the porch because they were too scared to be in the room by themselves. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. It's, it's so silly, but neither of us said that to each other, but you know, one person would like run to go get coffee and you'd just so happen to be on the porch reading a book because being in the room just didn't feel right. Well, the last night we were there, we had got, uh, we had brought with us a really beautiful bottle of wine from Paso Robles and we didn't have a, a wine opener. So I go down to the front desk and I ask this lady, do you have a bottle opener? And she's like, yeah. And me being me, I said to her, so we were told this place is haunted. Do you know any ghost stories? <laughs> and she, <laughs> and she said, well, yeah, actually my mom used to own this place and I grew up here and I know all the ghost stories. And I said, great. Uh, let me go get my boyfriend and we'll come drink this wine with you in the sitting room and you can tell us these stories. And so we did. And, you know, we're sitting in this beautiful, great room um, in this ranch style it, was, it used to be a ranch house is what it used to be. It used to be a functioning, working ranch. And there's this beautiful mezzanine level and this massive buffalo head on the wall. It's very Western chic. And she starts telling us these stories. And one of the stories that really got to us was that in the winter, it wasn't tenable to keep it open. It didn't financially make sense. So they would just close it. Um, and 
they had these people show up on their doorstep one winter's night and said, we are on our honeymoon and we need somewhere to stay and nowhere's open. And the mom was like, well, you can stay here, but we have no heating on. Like, this is literally just our house in the winter. But like, yeah, of course, come stay. And they're there and they're in one of the room, like they're in like the uh like the sitting room because that was the only place where there was a fire and this girl and her she had a little friend over for a slumber party and the mom was like don't bother these people they're on their honeymoon they're literally only sitting out here with us because this is the only place there's heat just leave them alone but the girls didn't leave them alone and they ended up playing light as a feather stiff as a board with them oh my god i hate that game i hate that game so much the worst fucking game you can play in a haunted house oh my god and so the, the 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 husband lays down on the floor and <laughs> it's the it's the new wife, the mom, and these two little girls. And the what really got us was is that she said to us, No word of a lie, you don't have to believe this, but I swear on my children's life that as we put our fingers underneath this, you know, man, this fully grown man, and started saying light as a feather, stiff as a board, he rose all the way up, four feet off the ground. <gasps> And then when we pulled our hands away, he just said, oh, my God, guys, you're going to do anything. And they just stood there aghast watching this man levitate. And they brought him back down to the floor. And he had no sense that anything had occurred. And it was the conviction in which he told the story that was really very compelling. No, I'm good. Wait, wait, was his eyes not open? No, his eyes were no, closed. No, that's not how you play that game, Katie. You, you close you your eyes. You gotta have your eyes closed. Okay, that part I didn't know. Okay, okay, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I um, so, okay, okay. So he came off the floor and he had no idea. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, but the activity doesn't stop there. They also had a dog. Um, who they who used to run around and you know it was was the ranch dog the hotel dog and one day they had this guest come and she was kind of this you know cool hippie chick from berkeley and she checked in and all of a sudden their dog went missing and the mom was like where is our dog and ends up watching the dog come out of this lady's room and this woman is and you know the, the mom is like what were you doing with my dog and this woman was like oh this is going to sound really weird um, and it does sound really weird. Um, but she said, I, I'm a Reiki healer who deals specifically with animals. Yep. I hadn't never yep. heard of this either. No, okay. But, this is, <laughs> but what she's fixing to say is strange. Um, she said, your dog came to me because he's he's kind of confused about what goes on in this place because, you know, it's very transient. People come and people go. And the mom was like, yeah, it's a hotel. And then she said, but she's all, he's also confused because um, he really likes to play with the children and the children aren't always here. And then sometimes they are. And he really likes to play ball with them and, you know, run around outside with them. And that really struck a chord with the mom because every now and then the dog would be like deep in sleep and then just get up and run to the back and just have zoomies and seem to be playing fetch or, or playing with somebody who wasn't there and so maybe maybe he's playing with ghost children but the most infamous haunt of sierra sky ranch is that of sarah so sierra sky ranch uh was many things throughout its life it was a ranch um and it became a tuberculosis sanitarium there was that philosophy that that fresh clear air would help your tuberculosis but 
it was really a place where people went to die for the most part. They kind of got there and they were too far gone. And one day this mom and dad dropped off their two children, um, just left them there. And I think they pretty much knew that it was going to be the last time they saw them. Well, a nurse who was working there named Sarah took serious pity on these children who were in a very, very bad way. And she ended up contracting the disease probably from them because she was so informal and so nurturing with them and probably wasn't as cautious with them as she was with her other patients. One day they couldn't find Sarah or the two little children and they were found in her bed. All three of them were dead. Ah, what? Now, the story is that they all died of tuberculosis, but something about that rings very strange to me, and that is that they all three died on the same night of tuberculosis. That's that doesn't make very sense. odd. Nope, that's not what happened. But that's the story. And if that really has, you know, Sarah did exist. I'm sure these children existed, but, you know, stories conflate and change over years. Well, so it's seen a lot of death, this place, so much so that the Travel Channel was doing a special on it. And they came in with some, you know, ghost hunters, you know, most haunted hotels in California. And that mezzanine level I mentioned earlier has a whole like living quarters up there for ranch hands. Um, And when they were doing their investigation up there, they they caught sense of a child in a closet and they were speaking to this child through the closet in the closet, I, I think through a medium. And the child said it was very scared and didn't like when people closed the closet door. It, it frightened them. So the next night they went up there with some toys and they were, you know, they pushed a Hot Wheel car into the closet. And no sooner had they done that, did the Hot Wheel car come rolling back at them. L- literally cold chills. Oh my God. It scared the owner so much that she told Travel Channel, no more, I don't want to do this. I'm done. So we are sitting there with this woman, and I said to her, I would love to go up there and see this mezzanine level. And she said, well, it's not open to guests because it's a health and safety nightmare. It's completely defunct now. It's just open eaves, and um, it's very dangerous, and the stairs are very dangerous. And I said, oh, I'd really like to go up there. (laughs) (laughs) Please, I want to see it. I don't. That's code, I am, that's code for. I don't care. I'm going. Yeah, I want to go. I am really good at that. That house um, that I told you about. Uh, we were driving by that one day, the house that we used to live in, and I saw a girl standing outside of it. And I said, "I used to live in your house. I'd love to go in and see it again." And she was like, "Oh." I was like, "We shall go in and see it now." And we went in and saw the house. <laughs> so I that's that's my hidden talent. I'm really good at getting into places. <laughs> And so she said to me, well, I'll take you up to the mezzanine level. And we yeah. were like, yes, fantastic. Awesome. So Kyle is really, you know, he's he's quite skeptical. And so he decided he wanted to film this whole thing. And so there's this video of us. He starts the video at the bottom of us, you know, going up the stairs. Uh, and it's a strange thing. You go up the stairs to the mezzanine level and then you go like downstairs. And as you're going down the stairs, on that left-hand side is that closet where the child is supposedly hiding. And there's this four-minute video that Kyle does of us kind of walking around this very bizarre um, quarters up there. And I was actually behind him because I was – I walked down the stairs in front of him, but then I went behind him because it was really scary. So I could see, you know, the red lights on and the the seconds are ticking by and the video's taking and the video ends with us coming up the stairs. 
And so at the end of the night, we say to the woman, thanks so much. This was really lovely chatting with you. And we went and sat in the library, which is right outside of Sarah's room, to watch this video to see if we saw anything. And this video is very bizarre. It should have been like a four or five minute video, but it's three seconds long. And you see my feet go down the stairs and then you see my feet come back up the stairs and there's no middle section whatsoever. So there's video of us going into the space and coming out of the space, but nothing in between, just blackness. Interesting. It's not paused. It's not two different videos. It is just one video with no middle. You saw it though. You saw him. I saw it. You saw him recording. And even more than that, Kyle saw it and he's so skeptical that that for me was what really confirmed. I mean, you should have seen him. He was sheet white, shaking, couldn't believe it, dove deep into Google, no explanation. And that was kind of it. But we sent this really weird video to, um, Kyle was showing it to his brother and his brother went, whoa, dude, what is that? What? And in the video, in that, as you're going down the stairs, right at the um, closet, there is a face of a child sitting in the closet. Stop. Oh, thank you. Stop. Do no. you have, do you still have the video? So. Don't say that. Oddly enough, it went missing. And then not too long ago, Kyle found it again. But I mean, it went, it went missing for years and we were devastated because this was like our massive proof of the paranormal. But I think we do have a screenshot of it kicking around somewhere now. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. But you yes. can just see this little like Victorian looking child's face in the closet. So it almost felt like whatever was in that space didn't want us filming it. So that's why you got the beginning and the end, but not the middle, because that wasn't to be seen. Buddy, I don't know what it is with you and Victorian children and closets, <laughs> but I'm concerned. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm a little concerned for you. But what's weird about that night was after we went to bed, I was fine. Kyle was really freaked out by it. I wasn't. We went to bed, totally fine. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. on the dot Bruh. with this overwhelming feeling of dread. Now, we had been hiking all day. Yosemite Falls. I mean, we were exhausted. But 3 a.m., I was I was so awake. I sat directly up in bed, and I just felt awash with fear. And I actually woke up Kyle, and I said, I'm really scared. I'm really, really, really scared, like inexplicably scared. And he was like, I don't know what to tell you. Because what do you, what do you, what do you tell someone at 3 in the morning is scared? You're fine. Go, Go back, back to, to sleep. sleep. Exactly. But I was up. And I thought in my head, oh, God, it's just because it's 3 a.m. If I'd woken up at... 4 a.m., I wouldn't feel that way. It's just because it's 3 a.m. Wait till 4 a.m. and then you'll go back to sleep. And it was weird because you'd assume that dawn is coming. It's going to be getting lighter. And it was just getting darker and darker and darker as as the hours went on. And I was awake for hours. And I was just getting more and more scared as that time ticked on. Well, about 5.30, and I know this because my Fitbit tracked it, I fell asleep And I went into this very strange dream. And in the dream, I'm driving this old station wagon. And I've got these two children in the backseat, a little boy and a little girl. And in the dream, they were like my kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but in the dream, they were mine. And I'm looking at them in the rearview mirror. And I'm telling them, we've got to pull over. we got to pick up this guy. He's really sick. Um, but, you know, we, we got to take care of him. And so we pull over. This guy gets in, and he's really ill. And he's just hacking and coughing away. And he turns, and he starts coughing on my children. And I just – the dream goes slow motion and black and white. 
and I just start screaming tuberculosis. And as I do this, my eyes flip open. This is real life. My eyes are open. I'm seeing Kyle sleeping next to me. My whole body is frozen, and I can feel hundreds of hands pushing me down into the bed as though the mattress itself is going to consume me. And I am screaming, but there's no sound coming out. Is that I've never had sleep paralysis before. I don't know if that was sleep paralysis, but I was definitely paralyzed. And I'm screaming and I'm screaming. I can hear it in my head, but it's nothing's coming out. And I'm looking at Kyle and I'm trying so hard to to get him to wake me up because I'm just feeling all of these hands pushing me into the bed. And finally, I get out my triumphant scream, which came out as, uh. <laughs> And so Kyle rolls over and he just sees me laying there making this weird guttural noise with my eyes the size of pie pans. And he's like, what? Like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay?" And that kind of wakes me up. And I was so terrified. I went and showered and I was up for the day. I mean, I was asleep all of, I think, like 15 minutes. But When we spoke to that woman, she said that it was very common for guests to get so scared that they would just leave in the middle of the night. And what's weird about that is there's nowhere to go. So you have to be really, really scared because it's not like you're going to go to the Premier Inn down the way. There's nothing out there. She said people were more happy to sleep in their cars than to stay in this beautiful luxury hotel because it's so scary. And that was the worst night's sleep I've ever had in my entire life bar none so terrifying that has to be how those kids got tuberculosis getting coughed on yeah i I, I, a little old man who was like oh no we're gonna help him and then it's not that's not helpful oh my god what that is that was a both like like figuratively a nightmare and literally a fucking nightmare you woke up into Mm -hmm. oh my god And I've never had it since. I do sometimes still to this day have night terrors, um, but I've never had that before. I I don't know if that was sleep paralysis, but I've never had it before. I've never had it since. I don't ever want it again. It was because unlike a night terror, I was conscious. When you have a night terror, that's scary for the people around you, but you don't know you're having it. Sleep paralysis, no one around you knows you're having it and you're having a full-blown horrendous experience. It's very awful. Well, my question is, because I've never had, like, I've never woken up to, like, a sleep paralysis of, like, any degree. But, like, did you physically see, like, your body sinking in? Like, did you see the bed bowing out? Like, did you see anything? Like, did you see handprints on you? Did you have any bruising on your body? Like, was there any physical manifestation of this instance? Such a good question. No. Ah. There wasn't. Um there wasn't. It didn't feel like the hands were grabbing me to a point where they would make bruises. It just felt like they were pressing me into the bed. And you could feel the comforter like in between me and their hands. I didn't see I, – I was just frozen. And I didn't see anything around me. I could just – I just was focused on Kyle trying to wake him up. Um, but it was the weirdest thing because I could – hear myself scream, but I could also hear myself not scream. I could see my children getting coughed on, but I was also looking at Kyle. It was a really weird sensation. I really felt like I was straddling two worlds. And it was a, I've never experienced anything like that before. It was really bizarre. At at what point in like that sequence of events did like the hands come off of you? When I woke up, when, when Kyle woke me up. 
Okay. Um, but by that point, I was out of the bed. I mean, he woke me up and I was out of the bed. <laughs> and I showered and I began the day at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, 5.45 in the morning, whatever it was. I We were, we were doing the day because the night was so awful. <laughs> this is yeah. the single strangest experience. Um, I would not until recently understand like would have understood what you mean by you're in that weird in between awake and asleep phase and you can hear yourself screaming but you're not screaming that happened to me two days ago the hands weren't a thing but i just think it's weird that i've never experienced something like that before like i was dead the fuck asleep in my bed comforter everything was cool and i heard scream like i i was screaming i was not screaming and then I, I was, it, it was probably another 30 minutes before I was like up and functional. But yeah. Do you, were you dreaming? Do you remember what you were dreaming about? No, no, I wasn't. Um, I've been experiencing a lot of weird shit in my house the last two weeks. Um, and I just, I was trying to figure out how to put that in words because Katie and I are going to talk about it. She, she has no idea any of this shit's happened. Um, I know nothing. But like, I have a whole fucking list of things and I had just written that down before you talked about it. So that's that makes me a little uncomfy. Bruh. Gross. What the what the fuck is going on? At least I didn't have little hands. That could have been worse. Oh, oh, how big were the hands? Thank you for saying little hands. Like were could you feel like if they were tiny hands, big like adult hands, like both? Well, I guess the comforter hands? was in the way. I don't know. I was so scared. Okay. You you always think you're gonna have really excellent recall of these things. No. And then the fear just takes over. Yes. Yes. So I don't they were definitely hands, though. There was definitely fingers and palms. There was they were definitely hands. Yeah. Okay. I. But what's worse is that I was able to leave that place. You have to live there, Zoe. Yeah. Oh, I know. Absolutely, I'm aware. Um. Yeah. Because because mine was. I'm not sure if I I was screaming or if there was something at the foot of my bed screaming. I can't shut the fuck up. When I'm remembering it, I can't differentiate if it was me. Because I was definitely, I felt like I was screaming, but it sounded like my voice at the foot of my bed also. Like when I try to recall it. Were you sleeping on your back? No, I was sleeping on my side. I don't sleep on my back because that freaks me out. So <laughs> I was sleeping on my stomach okay. um, when this happened. Ugh. So I was Ugh. like on my stomach, yeah, with my head to the side looking at Kyle. The reason I asked if you were sleeping on your back, because I know with sleep paralysis, yeah. it, it usually happens when you're on your right. back. But That's why I don't sleep on my back. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you said you thought it was coming from the end of your bed, the other thing that they say with sleep paralysis is that people see a figure, usually mm-hmm. with a hat, oddly enough. Yes. Yeah. Like a top hat. Yeah. Standing there. Um, and you didn't see anything? You just thought that was where the sound came from, yeah. maybe? Yeah. I didn't see anything uh, because I was laying on my side kind of propped up so I could see my room except for what's behind me but it didn't sound like it was from behind me it sounded like it was the foot of the bed and i have a couch at the foot of my bed like a like a little love seat and it was on the other side of the love seat and it sounded like me but it wasn't me because i'm in bed so i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna start crying or if i'm gonna throw up oh this isn't even the worst thing that's happened katie other fucking people have experienced shit in my house this week all right, we gotta, not, we gotta wrap not up me. this episode. We gotta wrap up this episode. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. Oh my we'll God. get there. We'll get there. But okay. yeah, no, I just, it's it's kind of unsettling that that happened to me this week and we're having an interview with you are. about something that happened similarly to you. That makes me a little uncomfortable. So that is very weird. Yeah. 
That is very weird. Okay, I got. I do have one question about this this uh, Sierra Sky Ranch place. Yes. Do, does do you know if there is like a well or a river, creek, creek, any any running creek. water cr- near like it, around this place? Do you remember there being a well? I probably Google it also, but like, do you remember anything? Any- oh, well, I'm I'm sure there was. It's so rural. I'm sure it it probably. It might even have its own well that it runs off of. I think running behind it, because I think, are you trying to get it? Could there be a ley line or something in that? Yeah, because like ley lines or running water tends to be like a a host for energy. Oh, yeah. Um, Perhaps behind it there there was at one point. I mean, it's California. Everything's very dry uh, now. Um, So I'm... I'm sure there would have been a water source there because you wouldn't usually have a ranch somewhere where there wasn't a water source because you need somewhere for your livestock to be able to drink um, and have a watering hole kind of situation. So I'm sure there is somewhere, whether it's still flowing or not, it's a different story, but I'm sure there probably was. I just Googled um, it. There's a, is there? There's a tiny little river creek called Lewis Fork that is right behind the hotel. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were on the back side of it. We were on the back side of the hotel looking into the woods. Clo- closest to – probably closest to the to that mm-hmm. little river. Yeah. Oh. But speaking of little rivers, you got to think about our house. So we live in our little cottage in the woods. We've got running water on four sides. And we have just out this window back here, which you can't see right now, but um, is a 12th century church and graveyard. Oh, that's cool. Is, is is that's our nearest neighbor? Is your is your place haunted? Do you have ghost stories from where you live right now in the cottage? In this room, give me, yeah. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You too, huh? <laughs> um, and in fact, I don't do the podcast in this room anymore. This upstairs room that I'm currently in, um, is now Kyle's office. I I now work in the basement, which you would think is even scarier. Um, But no, this room that I'm currently in is definitely very spirited. So this is an old Victorian cottage, more Victorian things. Um, And it is, it's got water running on all four sides of it. Um, To the left or to the right is this beautiful 12th century church with graveyard. um, And that's the nearest neighbor. And I don't know how far that graveyard used to extend. It's completely feasible that this house is sitting on graves. It's completely conceivable that my basement that I work in telling scary stories all day long is on the same level as graves. Totally conceivable. Oh, absolutely. Now, People have definitely died in this house. You know, it would be really remiss to think that did not happen. Um, But when we first moved in, oh, yeah, we moved in during COVID and we didn't actually get to look at the house properly. We didn't go in any of the bedrooms before we moved in. (laughs) So we like moved into this house and realized we had a laundry room like we didn't know existed. Um, We didn't know the size of the rooms. We didn't realize that there weren't closets because we'd never been in any of the rooms. Um, It was a very strange time. Um, But we moved in and the energy was kind of strange. The house looks like a perfect little gingerbread cottage, like something like Hansel and Gretel would have come upon in the woods. But our dog is very happy here. And for me, that's a big thing. If my dog is happy, I'm happy. We're all good. Um, But... 
you know when you move and it's really hard to be creatively inspired and West London Witch is their long form narrative podcasts um, and I do a lot of writing for them. And so I, I really needed to be creatively inspired and I just wasn't feeling that or whatever. And so I went around and I just saged the house. We just moved in, not for spirit reasons, just to bring in kind of creativity and change the energy. And it was my first night alone at the house. Kyle was in London um, for a work thing. And so I was going to be staying there the whole night by myself. And I don't mind being by myself. I love having the house to myself. But I'm in the upstairs office and I'm editing an episode and no one was home. So I had my headphones off. You know, I just was had it running through the speakers. And I will never forget this. On either side of the computer, there's two wall sconces. And the week before I had had the electricians and, you know, this is a very, very old house. I wanted to get a clean bill of health on all the electrics. And yep, everything's good. And these two wall sconces are on. I'm editing an episode and the storyteller in the episode goes, um, I am the woman that's buried in the basement. And all of a sudden the wall sconce on the right hand side starts flickering. And I pull out my phone because I'm going to take a video of this and send it to the electrician because you just told me this is fine. And it's, you know, fluttering, this light's fluttering. And as I'm taking this video, I look down at my dog, Nala, who is on the floor, eyes so very wide. She's splayed out and she's looking up at the light, just terrified. And then I just kind of felt the energy in the room shift. Maybe that was because I was taking cue off of Nala, who was obviously very concerned. And I picked Nala up and she's clinging to me. And I just kind of say to the room, um, if there's someone here, can you turn the light off? And the light turns off and then it turns back on to that horrible kind of fluttering thing that it's doing. And so I say to the room, you know, if, if you want to say something, you know, turn the light off and then turn it back on again. And it did. This video is on our Instagram. And I... Then got scared because I just didn't know what to do. And so I, I kind of threw my phone <laughs> and I ran downstairs and I called my mom and I called Kyle who are, and Kyle was really like, oh my God, we just moved into this house and the lights are turning on and off. Um, but you can't just like not go back into the room. Like I can't not go back into the, to the, to the office. So I kind of came back in about a few hours later and I said, okay, um, sorry, like I didn't mean to like run away. Uh, I'm just going to keep working now. But um, that kind of scared me. And the room felt really comfortable, almost like something was like, oh, my God, my bad. I didn't mean to scare you. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the room was flooded with just very content energy. Um, but that summer, we always have butterflies in this room all the time. Dead of winter, we'll have butterflies in this room. And all times the day and night. And they're not moths, they're butterflies. And we had some friends over. They came to stay the night. And the boys are in here playing oh, Call of Duty or something, two in the morning. And all of a sudden, they start screaming because there's a butterfly in here. And the all of the electrics start going haywire and doing weird things. And they go to bed that night. And apparently Kyle got up to go to the bathroom. And as he did, I sat straight up in bed, eyes open, and just started screaming. But not like, ah, like, like a guttural scream. 
like a roar, he said. And then I just started full on exorcist flailing everywhere, like full body convulsion. And so he's holding on to me because he doesn't want me to hit my head. And I'm screaming. My ring sliced him open, gave him a massive bruise on his knee, blood everywhere. (laughs) And he's like, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I just wake up and I start crying and I go to sleep because that's what night terrors are like, but I hadn't had one in years. Jim and Charlotte were so scared. They refused to ever come back to our house. And it did. It took them a year before they came back. But it was from that moment I realized our house has a very delicate energy. And when we, you know, when that woman said the ghosts in this house really like me, I think the ghosts in this house really do like us. We've done a lot of work to this house. Um, we take a lot of pride in it. We love it very much. And it has been so very neglected that I think that whatever is here is very happy. I don't necessarily think things are grounded here, but I think being so close to the graveyard and with the water being all around us, I think things kind of end up here. And then you think about all the energy we put into this house where, you know, I'm telling scary stories all the time and I'm collecting other people's scary stories and working on those. I think it's just kind of a beacon. And I think sometimes things are either A, curious or B, kind of end up here just as confused as <laughs> as we are. Um, so, yeah. I don't usually like telling scary stories in this room because sometimes it just kind of kicks up that energy a little bit. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. (laughs) Because we totally... No. Anything for you, ladies. Anything for you. Gosh. That just... No, but that's that's super cool that you say that because... As Zoe and I started the podcast and like literally we kicked up activity in the house that lay dormant forever and all of a sudden there's somebody walking down the fucking hallway when nobody else was in the house. Yep. So it's nice to know that we're not the only people who started a creepy podcast and then it kicked up shit in the room. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think sometimes we just have a neon sign above us like, hey, receptive, I'll, I'll listen to your story. I'll see you. Um. And I think that probably brings curious spirits to us for sure. I I think people who are sensitive and like are keened in on that sixth sense, it's like spirits know they're like that fucker right there. Let's get him. Because like anybody else who like does like Blake, like Blake doesn't give a shit, but like he probably wouldn't. He'd be like, eh, it's a win, but like, and nothing would bother him. But like, if like Zoe and I walked in somewhere, it'd be like nonstop. Like, these two people know. So it's, it's like, <laughs> they know what's got going us. on. They know. Get them. Um, we get, we get pegged. Absolutely. I have to be really um, skeptical in this house because I know there's paranormal activity, but I also know that it's like a 250 year old house. So I remember, I mean, I'm from California. Everything's relatively new there. Um, And I remember watching like a movie and someone like there's air in the pipes. I'm like, what the hell is air in the pipes? No, we have air in our pipes and they knock and they clang and it makes weird noises. And it sounds like, you know, ooh, haunting ghosty noises. And it's not our stairs. They creak. But they creak about two seconds after you're off of them. So it sounds like someone's following you down the stairs. And that's really scary until you realize what it is. So I'm super hypercritical of anything that happens in this house. Uh, And I feel sometimes bad for the ghosties because sometimes it really could be them. And I'm like, it's definitely not. Um, But I've been asked so many times, like, would you do an investigation in your house? No, it's a very delicate space. It does not need that. (laughs) We don't need to be doing that. Yeah, when when you got when you got that old ass graveyard next to you, you don't know no. nothing. Do absolutely nothing. Cause what are you pulling in? I mean, forget what's already here. Yep. What are you inviting into the joint? True. 
Yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good I have in been... my spooky, spooky little apartment. Nope, I don't want anything <laughs> in here. Thank you. I've been um, going through your Instagram. I'm trying to find that video. Oh, it's ages ago. At the very um, beginning. I'm at the very beginning and I can't find it. It's a video. It doesn't look like anything. It's a video of a light. So the thumbnail probably doesn't look like much. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Okay. Because I, I want to. I'm pretty sure at one point I did see that video. And I was like, why is she recording the light? This is weird. Um, but I saw a picture. I think you were on a boat. And there's a kid playing guitar. But that's okay. I will. On a boat. We sail. We're a sailing family. Ah. Um, so there are some there are some sailing pictures. And my my husband is uh, is a musician. He actually wrote the West London Witch theme song um, and performs it. So I love that. Uh, if you've yeah, oh here they are. I'll send these to you. Yes, Katie. yes, thank you. I need it. I need. I it. found them. I'll also send you a photo of the house so you can kind of get a visual Yay. of yeah. Oh oh, I found it. <laughs> it's flickering. You're totally right. Oh my god. The flickering was what was really unsettling for me because it I've never seen a light flicker like that before. Okay, um, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Just as soon as you ask that question, boom, it turns off. Stop. That's Stop. wild. Ugh. It's very weird. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Okay. But having said that, this house does feel so lovely and warm and we love it. There are friends though that do not feel that way. <laughs> so, do you do you think that with your with your night terrors, um, do you think that like paranormal stuff might influence it, or like the stress of that influences it? I have no idea. I do know that Kyle has said if I have one more, it's we're done. It's over. Um, I don't have them often. I really, really don't, which I think makes them more scary. Um, and the last one was like that, that, that was the last one. And it was very violent that, I mean, honestly, I, you don't remember when you have night terrors, you, they're far scarier for those who have to experience them. Um, but I think it was full on that scene in the exorcist where her body's doing that, like lifting up off the bed thing. I, that, I think that was the level we were at. I, I do think stress is a, is a factor, of course, but I don't know. I think that's what makes them so scary. You never know when they're going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you don't you don't you don't get desensitized to it because there's not enough instances. So it's like all of a sudden you, the person laying next to you is just screaming and waking you up in the middle of the night, and that's yeah, that's terrifying. That's that's, that's, uh, that's a fun experience to wake up to. <laughs> but I have a really strange relationship with sleep. I dream every night really, really vividly. I remember everything. I never feel like I actually rest because I spend all night long really, really active in my dreams. And so I never actually wake up the next morning like, oh, I'm so well rested because I've been running the gauntlet all night in my dreams. And I have nightmares most nights. Um, so there will literally be nights where I'll go to bed and I will just pray, please don't let me have any nightmares tonight. Please not let me have any nightmares tonight because they are so vivid. And they are so relentless. Wow. Do you, are you guys like this? Do you guys have nightmares? Is it just me? I don't know if I have nightmares. There are definitely times where like I won't, like I'll remember my dreams and they're weird. But I typically don't remember my dreams. But I, there are some times that I wake up with my heart going eight miles a minute. Um, just freaking the fuck out. And I have no idea what happened. I'm just scared. That's happened I a lot. But... Y'all, I'm sorry, y'all are weird. Y'all are weird. Um, I 
I okay, so I know that there's two types of people in this world. There's people who have like a very clear mind's eye, and then there's some people who don't. I am one of those people who do not. If I if you're like, oh, think of Zoe's face, I gray blob in my mind, right? Fair. So I see I'm not I, important. It's okay. I, Yes, uh, your face is always a great blob to me, <laughs> bitch. So when I dream, it's – it's they don't – like I can tell you what happened, but I can't tell you like colors. I can't tell you like the face shape. It's just like I either know this person and who they are or I don't know them, man, woman, so tall, blah, 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 blah. So like when I say I had a vivid dream, that's very rare for that to happen, um, but – uh, and usually when I do have very vivid dreams, they are nightmares. But I will say I don't have vivid nightmares. I have auditory nightmares. So so I guess from where you guys – I okay, so now like, okay, you're unlocking memories for me. I guess where you think that you hear someone screaming, I will almost hear – quote, hear, I'm air quoting – that I'll hear a nightmare and that will wake me up just hearing something. Because I remember I had a nightmare the other night um, – of I don't remember what it was because like when something is so benign you don't remember it because it's weird and it doesn't make sense so your brain's like fuck that that's weird so I remember having the nightmare but that didn't scare me it sounded I could hear the scream like I could hear it as if it was happening not like I could direct it somewhere in the room I knew it was coming from inside the house like the calls coming from inside of the house but I heard someone scream and that woke me up and I always know when I have nightmares like that if I go back to sleep I will continue to have those nightmares. Yes. So every once in a while, if I'm really stressed out about something, like I have to be really stressed out for that to happen, but it's very rare. But, uh, like, no, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't happen to me that. So I guess it does, just not visually. It's more auditory for me. Weird. Very weird. Very weird. I don't like it. Could you imagine Zoe and I at a slumber party both having nightmares and night terrors and God knows what, sleep paralysis? Y'all be like, fucking own. I'd be like, I'm sleeping in my car tonight, all right? I'll go sleep with See the you later. In, in another room. I'd rather deal with that shit. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> no, I I don't know. It's like last night, I was so tired. I hit the bed, and then the next thing I knew, my alarm was going off. Like, it's just black. I'm so sorry. Never have I ever had a night like that. I will have eight hours worth of dreams. Have you ever had a sleep study done? No, and I would love to. You should. You should. Next time you go to your doctor, you should say, "Um, I can't. I always have nightmares. Because I don't quote me on this. Do your research. But if you have, if you're dreaming, you're not in a deep enough sleep, which means you might not be getting into your deep sleep cycle. So you might want to bring that up to your doctor because it's not good for your health. So... Yeah, it's also impossible to see a doctor in the UK. But so, that's uh, what I was also going to say. I, I heard from uh, from your stories that it's awful to get to. Maybe the next time you're in California. I don't yeah. know. Go just, yeah. yeah. It might be quicker, honestly, just to fly back to California and do it. You know it's bad when you got to go to the US for medical tourism. You yeah. know it's bad. <laughs> that's so unfortunate. Oh, my God. And that's the scariest story of the night, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> That's so that's so sad. That's so unfortunate. Actually, I was thinking of you. I had I had an office mate tell me that he got uh, double pneumonia, and I said, "Where were you?" And he goes, "In the UK." I was like, "Oh, so you were stuck there in a, for a month, and I had no idea what was going on with you." He said, "Yep, it was pretty awful, and that's why Damn. I went home." I'm shocked they even saw him within that amount of time. He it's it's averaging like nine weeks to get a doctor's appointment out here. Jesus. Well, this this one he was like borderline dying. So they kind of like had to, and he went to a hospital. 
emergency. That's what you got to do. You got to start dying. Right. And then they <laughs> might see you. That's the trick, guys. Yeah. Damn. He, they, he, he also told me they just started injecting him full of shit and not knowing what was what wrong with him. And then they were like, oh, yeah, let's uh, check your kidneys and your liver. We might have done some damage. I hate that you're shaking your head. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the rule of thumb here is don't get sick in the UK. Jesus. No. Bless them. <laughs> with a massive caveat that the workers are all wonderful. It's just the infrastructure itself. That's all. Okay. Very unfortunate that that's it's free, but it's at what cost? Mm. Okay. You get what you pay for. <laughs> Which is free. <laughs> Damn. Ah, okay. All right. Um, so best of luck with to you in your in your night terrors. <laughs> yeah, a sleep study though is a great idea. I should do that because I would be fascinated to see what they come up with. They'll probably say I'm possessed. Yeah, something <laughs> something wild. Watch you have a night terror oh. when you go there. Like watch watch it just hit the fucking fan, and now you have these random people jumping on you. Oh my god, that'd be awful. That's that's a that's a that's a story in itself. Mm. But it would be videotaped. That would be great. We could relive it. Okay. All of us. So we could fun. have a blind reaction party. No. <laughs> Post it on Instagram. Watch me have my exorcism moment. Oh, my God. People do post those sort of things, though. Have you seen that? No. Is your algorithm that messed up? No? No. Okay. No, no, no. no. I'm, well, now oh. that I verbally have said it, watch me, like, watch that shit. There's a, there is a TikToker. She's Canadian. And she does sleepwalking through her house, so she set up a bunch of cameras. Yes. Is this Celine? I love yes. her. Yes. Yes. <sighs> She's so fucking funny in her sleep. Oh, my God. Why can't it be like that? Why can't it be like that? Why do we have to have, like, god-awful night horror shit? She has all the luck. She recently <laughs> had a fucking nightmare on a plane. So, to be fair... She was flying and her friend called me Chris was going to Goatman's Bridge like a fucking psycho. And when they were at like the bridge, Celine was on the airplane, got woken up from a um, a flight attendant because she was screaming in her sleep. So she got woken up and she was like, I don't know what's going on, but it's bad. And then she called her friends and was like, hey, so I had a nightmare on the plane, and I woke up screaming, and the reason I was screaming was because you guys were going to touch a tree that you shouldn't touch because you'd fucking die. And they were like, oh, that's weird. We almost touched that tree. Oh. My. Fucking. So it's weird God. that we're talking about nightmares and her all at the same time. Wild. So many interconnections tonight. Yeah. What is it called? <laughs> um, is it idios? It's not idiosyncrasies, but it's syncrets- synchronicities. It's, uh, Synchronicities. I got That's you. what we're experiencing, and I hate it. I hate it so ah. much. It's so creepy. Crazy. <sighs> okay, is that Becca? Is that all? Is that all you have for us this evening? Or do you, do you have? Oh a my goodness! I mean, I'm. I could go on for days, months, years, but I think we. I think we can end on that note. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, or we can come back for uh, take two. Do you, more yes. stories. Do you have? Do you have more for a part two? Yeah, I do. Okay, great. I do. I do have more strange ones. We'll see you later, guys. What great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will. De- okay, if you got, if you have enough for a part two, we will absolutely do a part two. I will not say no. So I mean, yeah. yay. <laughs> okay, great. All right, so we'll end it. Okay, we'll end it here. Um, on a high note, I guess. It's, you know, whatever. Um, because we're about an hour fifteen in. Okay, so cool. Uh, oh my gosh, thank you so much. 
This was incredible. This was amazing. Thank you so much for, you know, going off on the uh, ledge here, recording in your spooky haunted room. Amazing. Uh, 10 out of 10. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. It's lovely to hang out with you. It's so nice. <laughs> you too. This was great. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, yes. yes. We will do it again. So go. So over time, plug in. Give, give us your fancy, your fancy spiel of your podcast. I love it. <laughs> Uh, Right. So the West London Witch is a a podcast all about the spooky, the strange, the mysterious and the unexplained. You can find the West London Witch wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and come find us on Instagram and Facebook for additional content. Oh, and you know what, girls? We just launched our Patreon this week. We just started a West London Witch Patreon this week. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. Drop it. What is it? What is it? It's uh, uh, Patreon <laughs> forward slash the West London Witch. Oh, okay. So it's nice. just okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So it's just yeah. Like, okay. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon dot com forward slash the West London Witch. However, Patreon works. That we're there. The West London Witch. You can't miss us. Yay. <laughs> the West yeah. London Witch. Is it? Is it going to pull up? Hey, there it is. Oh, Look God, at that. I hope so. Does it? It does. It, it works. I, I have confirmed. Nice. I love Great. it. Yeah, we just started that as a way to give additional content and behind the scenes stuff and uh, be able to kind of interact with our audience a little more personally, which is just fun and nice and very, very cheap. It's set it, it's pay what you will. So you can give a dollar and have everything or you can give one million dollars and that would be greatly appreciated. Listen, this woman puts a lot of work into her podcast and you can, you can, you can, I know it's a podcast, but it's almost like you can see the work. That's like, that's how much work is just oozing out of the podcast. So she's definitely worth giving it a listen. It's amazing. It's, she put, you can just tell it's just finely crafted and curated and uh, it's amazing. So definitely get, she's definitely worth a listen. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm blushing. It's nice. It's nice that you recognize that. I appreciate it. How, how can you not? It's so good. It's like, you know, I'm just going to put on. It's like it's soothing, but it's just so good all at the same time. It's like it's relaxing, but also I'm like freaking the fuck out because it's yeah. so scary. There is that juxtaposition. It's like, let me tell you a terrible, terrible story to give you nightmares. Good night. <laughs> it's it's a vibe, really. It's just it's such a vibe. Okay. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, Zoe, you got anything else? No. No? No. I think we're good. Good. Okay, so. awesome. Okay, so with that, we will wrap it up. Uh, until next time. Haunt her. I barely know her. Or those little closeted Victorian children. <laughs> <laughs>